0: Is there anybody here that didn't get one of these? If you didn't get one of these, it may mean that you didn't register. (laughs) So if you didn't register, too bad. No, if you didn't register, um, after class, please register. And somebody that's near the the door can go downstairs, on the table downstairs. There's a box of these. And we'll ask the same question, who didn't get one, we'll pass them out. Because class this morning is going to include covering some of this. And I think you'll like it. look at this here's the box so quietly just raise your hand and you you just go around and people that have their hand raised very discreetly practically invisibly pay attention to the sound vibration not to the guy passing out the papers so um that this topic was inspired for two reasons. It, It flows from yesterday evening's class. That is, how does Krishna's mercy manifest in the life of a devotee? And that's through representative of Krishna, through sadhu. So, it flows. So this is how to take, how to receive, as you recall very nicely, for Nosheru Prabhu was saying in his morning class yesterday. In addition to um, re- receiving and assimilating, and in a personal way presenting again the message of Krishna, the message of disciplic succession, that's a function of guru. An additional function is training others to become suitable receivers of that message. Bit of a challenge. And um, so the class that I spoke that same evening, yesterday evening, was how important it is, how the sadhu, or specifically in this case spiritual master, guru tattva, Topic, how the spiritual master receives Krishna's mercy, and in fact is Krishna's mercy, a perambulatory Krishna's mercy person, going around here and there like the Prithu Maharaj said to the four Kumaras. You are the Lord's mercy because He wants to give His mercy, so He's given it to you and asked you to carry it around. You are His mercy. Either you're carrying His mercy, or you are His mercy. Sad anugraha, if you remember from yesterday. And several Bhagavatam verses express that. So now, how do we get that mercy? We need to get that mercy. We need to receive, or take shelter of. So, that yesterday's topic and this topic fit hand in glove. And another reason is in three classes in a row, one of them was in Chicago, but you know at the end of the class, somebody raised their hand and closed their eyes and said, "Can you describe what it really means to take shelter?" Like as if I tell them what it really doesn't mean or something?" But you know one of those, what does it really mean?" So this is a response to what does it really mean, to take shelter? What does it mean? How to become a suitable receiver of mercy of Krishna in the form of sadhu or spiritual master. Um, So those of you that have a good memory you'll remember that <coughs> Ravindra Prabhu's class yesterday morning included it was Prabhupada's um, essay or his speech on 1933 in Bombay where Prabhupada was honoring Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur on his Vyasa Puja event in Bombay and. Several verses were cited in that essay or speech that later was published in the Harmonist. And this is one of them. And this is a, this is a classic. Um, Canto 11, chapter 3. It's, um, if I had lots of time, it would be re- really nice to appreciate the context. But we don't have lots of time. So this is spoken by um, one of the Navayogendras, nine perfected beings, who were visiting King Nimi, um, who was doing a karmakanda Yajna and he, he was just about to begin the karmakanda yoga and along come these nine perfected beings, effulgent like the sun. So he was awestruck. And he neglected the technicality. You're not supposed to stop once you start. He stopped the yogya. so like it becomes nullified. But he didn't mind. He stood up stopped the whole thing, stood up, received them, and offered his respects and praised them in suitable way and, and then presented some specific questions. In fact, a number of questions, nine questions, and each one of the nine answered one of those nine questions. And whole, whole chapters make up the question and the answer to the question um and this is the answer to one of the questions which you're going to see the next slide so that's the context um tasmat guru prapadyayita jigyaso shreya uttama shabde parichinuchanam brahmani upashamashayam very famous verse often quoted verse by our acharyas Therefore, The Prabhupada often quoted it. And the translation, therefore, that's tasmat. Any person who seriously desires real happiness, anyone want real happiness? Must seek a bona fide spiritual master and... Take shelter of him by initiation. This is Prabhupada's translation, we'll see some others. The qualification of the bona fide guru is, that's the second half, that he has realized the conclusions of the scriptures by deliberation and is able to convince others of these conclusions. Such great personalities who have taken shelter of the supreme Godhead, leaving aside all material considerations should be understood to be bona fide spiritual masters. So there's something we should do and there's the other part is something that we consider as who is a suitable person to take shelter of. Now, um, this is the question from the previous verse where King Nimi is asking, O great sage, please explain how even a foolish materialist can easily cross over the ocean, excuse me, over the illusory energy of the Supreme Lord, which is always insurmountable. For those who are not self controlled? It's a trick question. Foolish, materialistic, can't control their senses, what to do? How can one easily cross over the illusory energy? Trick question. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, in his commentary on Srimad Bhagavatam, explains this verse in the following way. Now, I'm, I'm not going through Prabhupada's purport, because we all have that, and hopefully you'll be inspired to go read Prabhupada's purport to this verse. Or. Uh, the, the, the Bhaktivedanta purports, which are Prabhupada's disciples who have taken from the commentaries of our Acharyas. So here's how Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur translates Therefore, one who is inquisitive about the highest truth should surrender to a Guru who is skillful in the scriptures and fixed in realization. While being under the, while being under the control of anger and greed, I should be while not being under the control of anger and greed. Excuse me. Well, and then he takes each of the words and expands. Now, bhakti, the means of crossing samsara, which was previously explained, is described. Please listen. One should surrender to a guru. Than the qualifications, who is skillful, nushnatam, in understanding the meaning of the Vedas, shabde, and other scriptures. If he does not have this quality, the faith of the disciple will become weak. Since he will not be able to destroy the doubts of the disappointed disciple, he should be able as well should be capable as well in realizing the Lord Pare. otherwise His mercy will not bear results the position of being fixed in realization of the Lord is described, He is not under the control of anger and greed so there should be a knot in the translation above Ajiva Goswami, excuse me, Rupa Goswami, we're we're familiar with Rupa Goswami's Nectar of Devotion. Prabhupada did a summary study of Nectar of Devotion. And those of you that are a little familiar with Nectar of Devotion, you know that there are sixty-four items that are recommended, and they're listed numerically, one through sixty-four. And in the following chapter there a little exposition or elaboration is given. So I'm not going to go through all that because I'm inviting you to do that because you have access to Nectar of Devotion. But there are five that come at the very beginning and we're going to hear um, the f- at least the first two and the first one of those 64 items is Guru, Pada, Ashaya, taking shelter of a spiritual master's uh, lotus feet. First devotional principle. Uh, Here it is in the Sanskrit. This is from the section of Bhakti-rasamrita-sindhu that's identifying, you see text 74 at the top. It'll mention will be made again and again of text 74. This is where the list of 64 begins. And the first one is Guru Padashraya, and I've made it in very bold print down below. Taking shelter of Guru, um, and then Tasmat Krishna Dikshadi. So then, after initiation, acquiring knowledge. After initiation, if you remember from the first day, Divya Gan, you remember that like long-winded discussion on Divya again. That's transcendental knowledge is imparted with Diksha. You see just after that there's a, in brackets, there's twenty-one. Miraculously, by technology, there's a footnote. And you're going to see the footnote, twenty-one, next. But it's a, it's a detail on this process, um, I forget who was asking the other day. Maybe it was Premananda was asking about the Vedic process and the Panchra Trika process. And we have two initiations in this con. We both call, we call them both Diksha Harinam Diksha and Gayatri Diksha one is a panj trika type with a certain set of rules and procedures and so forth and it's initiation into the chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha mantra which anyone can chant even without initiation we're going to hear a little bit more about that and especially you'll find a lot about it in this little handout uh, too much to cover in one class so that's why the handout but you know, read it again and again because it's it's really helpful Um, then the third item service Um, seva, guru seva service to guru with respect and then number four following the rules According to the scriptures as approved by the Acharyas. So here's Jiva Goswami's commentary of Rupa Goswami's writing, where he writes the, In the phrase Krishna Dikshadi Shikshanam, the word Adi has the sense of in the beginning. Thus, the phrase means acquiring knowledge after or accompanied by initiation with Krishna mantra. Now, This is specifically um, in relation to Gayatri initiation. It can also refer to Harinam Diksha in our ISKCON practice. And then this um, following the path of the Acharyas, that's this line up here, (coughs) means following the rules of the Shruti and other scriptures enjoined by the Acharyas. So now here comes this then after initiation acquiring knowledge. Here's the little footnote. Um, This is Banu Swami's footnote, it's not part of the text itself. This comment echoes the traditional Vedic system of initiation, Premananda, Gayatri, the second initiation, in which a person receives Vedic initiation, Upanayana, with a Vedic Gayatri mantra. This qualifies him to study the Vedas this tradition continued, even with the pancharatrik initiation and study. There's another system of initiation, the pancharatrik process. However, when nama sankirtan becomes prominent, became when nama sankirtan becomes prominent, the requirement of diksha before shiksha does not have the same importance. If you weren't here the first day, this may be a little confusing, but if you were here the first day, then this is explaining the Yuvadharma. All those things about chanting of the Holy Name doesn't require anything to deliver one from the cycle of birth and death and, and everything, because the Holy Name is Krishna. And it's a particular type of mantra. It's not a Vedic mantra, but it's a Krishna mantra. And so anyone can chant it without the initiation process. The other mantras, you must to get the benefit received by the process of initiation. It's intended that way, and its effect is that way. And if one gets that mantra from reading a book or from someone that's not a bona fide in specific succession, the spiritual master, Hari Bhakti Vilas says, it will have no effect, and one should receive it again. There's a specific section of Hari Bhakti Vilas that says that. Good news! This is you know, Lord Caitanya's Sankirtan movement, where anybody you know, a ruffian or a jug high, mud high, or a you know, a puffy wuffy scholar, or you know, you know, anybody can become purified by chanting the Hari Krishna Mahamantra. Without instruction, without initiation, one can become purified? <coughs> So the footnote is saying that this system of receiving knowledge or through Upanayana, those of you from India, you know what Upanayana is. A young boy, before he begins his studies, he has to learn a whole bunch of things, Sanskrit grammar and this and that and the other thing. And having qualified that way, he then receives Upanayana, his thread and his generally Gayatri and then he's allowed to study the Vedas so this particular section footnote says applies to that however we widely distribute books anybody everybody along with that please chant Hare Krishna because this is the dharma Harinam Sankirtan and the study of Receiving teachings through that method. If you remember from the first day, that slide that was the graphic in the right-hand corner was Srila Prabhupada's books. Remember that one? That's what this is talking about. We distribute Prabhupada's books. And we encourage people to chant Hare Krishna. Take prasadam too. And render devotional service too and associate with saintly persons and, and receive knowledge that way. Back to the, the theme or the main message here is, what does it mean? Or what does is, what is taking shelter of a spiritual master entail? Um, this same Bhakti-rasamrita-sindhu by Rupa Goswami was commented upon verse by verse by verse, just like Prabhupada did verse by verse of the entire Shrimad Bhagavatam. He did a verse-by-verse commentary on Bhakti-rasamrita-sindhu. And the title of that commentary is Bhakti-rasamrita-sindhu-bindu. Bindu Bindu means a drop of the ocean of the nectar of devotion. Um, You heard this the other day, and it's in this little handout at the last section of Guru Padashriya. I'm going to read just a little bit that will encourage you to read the whole thing. Um, and this comes towards the end of the first section. But the, the message, we'll come back to it, this procedure of diksha is not completed in one day. Rather, it is begun from the day of diksha. That is to say, eradication and um, the awakening of eradication of sin and its very tendency. It, you know, ignorance is the root of sin, of root of suffering, and doing foolish things is due to ignorance. I, ignorance ultimately of our relationship with Krishna, our, our real position of happiness. Those who are eager for the real happiness will take shelter, from the spiritual master, and it's a it's a process. We speak, if you remember, we mentioned this. We speak of initiation as an event. I was initiated on such and such day, and that's an event. Vishwanatha is teaching us that it's not just an event; it's a procedure that extends over a period of time. And we're going to hear Siddhanta's comment on that next, at least the next slide. It's just so you can appreciate, well, to help you appreciate a little bit this uh, handout, it's Banaswami's translation of this commentary and we'll just read the first section. The, the Sri Guru Padaswarya, taking shelter At the lotus feet of Sri Guru, which is our topic for this morning. You can read along. In all the scriptures which promote bhakti, the unlimited glories of Sri Guru have been described without taking shelter at the lotus feet of a Sadguru. It is impossible to enter into the realm of Bhagavat Bhajan. Therefore, out of all the Angas of Bhakti, Sadhguru Padashraya has been cited first. It is the duty of all faithful persons who have a desire for Bhagavad Bhakti to take shelter at the lotus feet of a spiritual master who is a genuine preceptor of the Shastras expounding the glories of Bhagavan. And who is expert in understanding and explaining the mantras, describing Bhagavan? Paragraph. All the Nartas are easily ruled only by the mercy of such a genuine spiritual master, connecting with the topic yesterday evening. And thus one also obtains the supreme favor of Bhagavan. By the mercy of Sri Guru, all anarthas are easily destroyed. Srila Jiva Goswami has demonstrated this in his bhakti Sandarbha, 237, yesterday we talked about 238 extensively. Here's 237. Lord Brahma says, just the translation, the mantra which is given by the Guru is itself the Guru. And the Guru is directly the Supreme Lord Hari. He upon whom the spiritual master is pleased also obtains the pleasure of Sri Hari himself. We certainly heard Prabhupada say this in simple language. How do you know if you're pleasing Krishna, pleasing the spiritual master, you're pleasing Krishna? There's the scriptural basis. Then he goes on to comment on that, quote um little elevated, but here we go. The guru's internal spiritual mode of service to Sri Radhika and Krishna is conveyed to the disciple through the medium of a mantra. Everything is given in seed form within the mantra. At first, the disciple will not be able to understand, but by performing sadhana and bhajan under the guidance of Sri gurudev and by meditating on the mantra given by him gradually everything will be revealed therefore it is said here that the mantra is the direct representation of Sri Dave then another Hari Bhakti Vilas reference even if a person incurs the displeasure of the Lord the spiritual master may still give him protection but. If the spiritual master is displeased, there is no one to give him protection. Therefore, one should please Sri Gurudev by all endeavors of one's body, mind, and words. Maybe you noticed in the song from yesterday evening, Narutam Das Thakur expressed the same message. And then he goes on, the verse that was on the first slide. What is required to be a guru? So you know if, if a disciple or prospective disciple should evaluate as Anuttama Prabhu was saying yesterday, or what criterion do you use to evaluate the spiritual master? Here it is, this verse, tasmat, guru-papad-gita, etc. And he gives his explanation. And then comes this next one. Ravindra Sri Prabhu also read from Prabhupada's essay from 1933, Tadvigyanar tam sagaram eva chet. So it describes. Um, I'm not going to read more. Um, well, the next, the, the, the second section on the process of diksha, it starts at the bottom of whatever it is, page 5 or something. Diksha Guru, one who gives the mantra. And there's lots of... There were some etiquette questions. Yesterday during the question-answer session, a lot of the etiquette questions are addressed right here. And since, you know, whether you're born in the land of no culture called America or you're born in India and you came to the land of no culture or you were born in a family from India but born in America the land of no culture wherever you're born this is the age of Kali and culture is very poor so this helps understand proper etiquette to be observed and how to view The different categories of persons who are guiding you in Krishna consciousness or instructing you in Krishna consciousness or taking you by the hand and helping you go toward Krishna consciousness. There's etiquette, you know, fundamental principles. Very helpful. Very helpful. But this reference, you see. market. Well, anyway, somewhere in this essay, I'm not going to take the time and look for it. This is just a cut and pasted from Vishwanath Chakrabharkita, Thakur's The commentary. The, the, the message is Krishna consciousness is not an event, it's a process. And, and submission is not, once upon a time, I submit it and it's over, I go. Rather, it's an ongoing process of submission and here's a statement, well, it's not yet. This is a, there's a statement by Bhakti it's, it's it's out of order. Submission. Those of you that are familiar with Bhagavad Gita 4:34, tadvidhi pradipate na sevaya seveya upadeshanti te gyanam gyanina Darshana. It's a verse in which Krishna is describing how to how to tadvidhi, um, that person who wants to know Krishna required in the process of knowing Krishna is pranipat, is, is submission unto a tattva-darshi, a seer of the truth. So what follows is some Acharya's explanation of what pranipat means, what does submission mean, because so that's our topic. So Siddhanta says it's unconditional surrender. Um, Śrīla Prabhupāda gives this explanation. Of course, this is in a conversation. Pranipat means full surrender. Pra means rupena, or fully. And nipāta means completely becoming a blank slate, blank Slate. What does he mean, blank slate? He expressed this blank slate idea in relation to Sanatana Goswami. Specifically, Sanatana Goswami was vastly learned and highly respected and wealthy and, you know, king of the mountain. It's as high as you can go in material estimation. But he came before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu like a blank slate. Prabhupada speaks like this. Who am I? Here's, a, here's the slate. Here's the marking instrument. Please tell me who I am. I'm such a fool. That when people say, oh, you're vastly learned, I think, yes, I'm vastly learned. But, but I'm not vastly learned. I don't even know ABC. I don't even know who I am a blank slate. And here's Prabhupada explaining, hopefully. Sanatana Goswami completely surrendered to Caitanya Mahaprabhu. Sanatana said, actually, I do not know how to inquire from you, so kindly tell me what the subject matter of inquiry should be and what the answer to such inquiry Answers to such inquiry are, I am completely blank slate. I am simply submitting myself to you. Blank slate, that's what it means. Full submission. Blank slate. No baggage. No, I have already know this. I hope your answer matches what I already know because otherwise I cannot can accept it. Sanatana was inquisitive about sadhya, the goal of life, and sadhana, the process by which one can attain the goal. But he said, I do not know anything about these things, so I am simply depending on your mercy. That is surrender. This is intended as illuminations to help us understand what does surrender entail, what does it really mean. Here's Bhakti Siddhanta, the the connection very similar to what Ravindra Sri Prabhu said yesterday about hearing. The word pranipat means to surrender. What is that? To hear something with full attention. Remember that from yesterday? Without pranipat, the hearing process is incomplete. Without pranipat... There is no way to understand the transcendental, absolute truth and topics about the spiritual master, Vaishnavas and the Shastras. So he connected surrender to the hearing process suitably. Without pranipat, the hearing process is incomplete when there is submission or surrender, then the hearing process can become complete. Otherwise we're not going to receive transcendental knowledge. We'll stay with our filters on and swimming in material existence. Um, Jiva Goswami comments on this nice verse from um, First Canto Chapter Two. All Brahmanas, attraction for topics concerning Krishna will arise by service to the great devotees, followed by faith, by surrender to the feet of the pure guru and by the desire to hear, I brought this because of the specifically, this desire to hear. Uh, without the without the desire to hear, so one way, how do you evaluate yourself to see are, how are you progressing in Krishna consciousness? Eagerness to hear, and with that, why would you be eager to hear? There's some faith in. That the, the sound vibration and the source of the sound vibration is a faith that is going to be a benefit for me. Shreya Uttama, long term ultimate benefit, and therefore desire to hear. And um, then we can advance. So we need the association of the great devotees. But you get the benefit of those great devotees by these qualifications, eagerness to hear, submission, wishing to render service to them and and faith in them. Um, You heard Rabindra Saruprabhu making reference to Nishikant Sanyal, remember that? It's it's an important part of... If you've read the Founder Acharya booklet that he prepared, and we were supposed to have some copies to to, to pass out if you didn't have a copy, but in any case, um, Nishikant Sanyal was the author of this Sri Krishna Chaitanya. He was a professor in Orissa and a very intimate associate of Bhaktisiddhanta, so intimate that... Whatever one would write, the other would edit, and whatever Bhakti Siddhanta would write, Nishikant Sanyal would edit. He had you know, transparent uh, regard for him and one another. So he was the one that was preparing this, who is Lord Chaitanya for the, the sannyasis that were to travel to England, a definitive high-level presentation. So in that book, here's a little section connected to submission. The boon for which Nimai Pandit prayed to Sri Ishwarapuri, that's his spiritual master, was love for Krishna. He surrendered to Sri Ishwarapuri, his body and mind, unconditionally for the attainment of the above purpose when one obtains the actual sight of the bona fide spiritual guide that is of the real exclusive servant of the Absolute by the grace of Godhead the duty that he has to perform on his side is to make the unconditional surrender of himself to the feet of the bona fide agent of the Absolute. This is the logical and consistent course but it's impossible Of realization in practice, except by divine grace. So, even in making the effort of submission, we require mercy. Doership just doesn't fit into the paradigm of spiritual practice and Krishna consciousness. We must practice, we must make some effort. But even in our making or effort, the effort itself requires mercy, or to speak of the fruit of the effort. So these are some illuminations on the meaning oops, of submission. Here's Bhakti Siddhanta on the topic. In the beginning, we have to know about our relationship with the Supreme Lord. Very similar to what Nishikant Sanyal said. He submitted to Ishwarapuri requesting to know who Krishna. Mercifully the spiritual master imparts transcendental knowledge unto his sincere disciples who are inclined to serve the Lord. Only a devotee who completely follows his spiritual master's orders, I put in really big letters, by renouncing his independence. Is eligible to receive the spiritual master's mercy and become successful in attaining actual transcendental knowledge. So submission or surrender. A in Bhakti Siddhanta's teaching, a very essential element is leaving aside our independence. What's that? What's that independence? It's it's a disconnect from Krishna. The spirit of independent enjoyment. It's, it's 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 our material disease. It's maya. It's the one who has such a spirit of independence is controlled by maya. If you want to go beyond the control of maya, you, you must renounce. That spirit of independent enjoyment. It's really simple. Simple to say. And to the degree proportionate to our submission by renouncing this independence, we're eligible to receive mercy and not otherwise. Small thing, right? By the way, credit where credit is due, these little graphics, these were created by Banu Swami and he sent some presentations to me on this topic and I just, um, so I'm using these graphic presentations that are his. So these three, this is Pranipat Prashna and Seva for 34 Bhagavad Gita, um, in connection with a Shiksha or Diksha Guru, they can impart Krishna tattva. And what is that Krishna tattva? These same things that we saw the other day. Awakening of knowledge of Krishna and of oneself. And with that knowledge, eradication of ignorance means the destruction of ignorance and sins and the sufferings that come from sins and so forth are gone. And then we can come to this really nice, wholesome position of realization. So, if you want this, you got to do this, (laughs) this and this. Submission unto the qualified person, shiksha, diksha, guru, and so forth. And then these things come, as you recall, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur saying, it's a process, it's a gradual awakening of these things, and it leads to this. Realization. Okay, here's I meant this slide to go earlier, but it's um, an essay from an essay of by Bhakti Siddhanta entitled Initiation into Spiritual Life. Quote Although the mercy of the good preceptor. Enables us to have a glimpse of the absolute and of the path of his attainment. The seed that is thus sown requires very careful tending under the direction of the preceptor if it is to germinate and grow into the fruit and shade giving tree. Unless our soul of his own accord chooses to serve Krishna after obtaining a working idea of his real nature he cannot long retain the spiritual vision the soul is never compelled by Krishna to serve him so he he indicates elsewhere in this essay that at the time of initiation there is submission on the part of the disciple, and there's acceptance on the part of disciplic succession, and that's the event. But it's not just an event; it's an ongoing submission. And if the ongoing submission slackens, well, it's not a, the picture doesn't look good. It's Maya again comes in. Not and there's no delay, just like you know the sun goes behind a cloud and becomes darker. And it sets and it becomes totally dark. So submission is is ongoing, must be. Even having received knowledge, the submission unto the person and the teachings from the person and so forth, and ultimately submission to Krishna is required. Uh, Almost done. This is, um, again, Jiva Goswami from his Bhakti Sandarbha, where he is explaining this process of submission, and he indicates that faith precipitates submission. And specifically proportionate to faith, so proportionately more submission and surrender. I'll just read, devotional service. Free from all material attachments is the goal of life. And it is attained by the Lord's mercy in the association of His devotees. Now we will examine the different features of devotional service. First, one associates with devotees, you know, a at at nine stages. From that association, faith develops. From faith, one becomes attracted to hear the Vaishnava philosophy passed down through the Guru Parampara. Then one develops the beginnings of love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then one becomes attracted to the path of devotional service. Then one desires to make spiritual advancement. You know, like the real kind, not just the other kind. Taking shelter of one Diksha or many Shiksha spiritual masters, one hears the philosophy of devotional service in this way. One understands the truth from beginning to end. Free from all false conceptions of the Lord, the devotee then proceeds to meditate on the Lord. He meditates on the Lord. As present everywhere, in this way the Lord is manifest to him everywhere. Then the devotee develops firm faith. Interesting way of describing those stages of bhakti. Then one becomes attracted to a particular form of the Lord and one fixes one's meditation on this form alone. Then one's faith is very splendidly manifested. This is, I think, we're almost at the end here. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in another book called Madhurya Kandambani, um in the eighth chapter of Shower, he summarizes the s- steps towards prema in the following way. So these are stages. Each stage, Sraddha takes a different complexion or stage, state of maturity. Um, Shraddha, faith in the words of the Guru in the scriptures. Sadhu Sangha, the urge to associate with saintly souls to gain spiritual knowledge. And Bhajana Kriya, rendering devotional service under the guidance of Guru. So, these are messages that say faith in its preliminary stage becomes matured through association And through association, faith then entitles one to take up the process of devotional service and in that process of devotional service, the act of submission. Faith precipitates submission and surrender. Um, Here's Vishwanath's explanation. First, the pilgrim undertakes a journey on the path of devotion undertaking, must have faith, a faith synonymous with the firm conviction to act on the words and instructions of the devotional scriptures. Having a genuine desire to enthusiastically undertake the activities, sadhana, described in those scriptures. So that's the initial faith. Faith is of two kinds. This was mentioned yesterday evening. Natural, swabhavaki, and uh, something that's inspired by the uh, preaching or the association of another. It comes to one rather than just innately within. Oh. birth to the desire to surrender to a bona fide spiritual master. This is the message, Vishwanath, the message. And to learn from him the proper rules and etiquette of devotional science. Sincerely following the spiritual master's instructions bestows upon a disciple the good fortune of wanting To associate with an elevated saint experienced and absorbed in the same devotional mood as the disciple himself aspires for. In other words, a like minded saintly instructor. At this point begins the stage of bhajanakriya, the platform of serious devotional activities. So, this is our last slide. I've gone through. uh, in the time that we've been together, sayings or teachings, writings of previous acharyas, and Śrīla Prabhupāda, and appreciation, amongst many appreciations, says Prabhupāda presented all these things for us in the very simple form. I mean, I can do this with this audience and go through all these different references, and you can sit here Maybe a little restless, but think, "Oh, this is really interesting." But see, the did that with, you know, within his books for the world, you know, the the world that doesn't have such interest as you all have. So I've gone through the detail, but one of the appreciations is Prabhupada made it readily available and accessible to all to the whole world. The, the teachings that Prabhupada has given in his bhaktivedanta purports are these points. So it's, it's just an appreciation of how Prabhupada palymized these highly elevated teachings and made it so accessible and digestible and swallowable and yummy. A smoothie, raspberry, strawberry, vanilla, what's, what's your favorite? Mixed fruit, which which which, you know, so he made it so easily accessible. Now these teachings are there that are with detail and refinement, and once again, um, I encourage you take some time read this little handout because it's these initial five stages or items of bhakti out of the sixty-four. That Prabhupada covers a nectar devotion. Read the nectar devotion and read what's here. And it'll help you in understanding the the things on this topic of Guru Tattva. How to how to surrender. What does it mean to what are the elements? Unto whom should you surrender? What what should you carry in your hand? What should you carry in your heart? What should your behavior be? What should your speech be? And you know, the anticipation of stages. It's, it's like so helpful. But the, the, the essence of, so just to connect yesterday with today, the mercy that we require in order to go forward from our conditioned life to the transcendental life, an internal life of loving service with Krishna, we require mercy and submission is necessary to get that mercy. So. This message this morning is is that one. What are some of the elements that make up submission to the qualified preceptor? So, any any comments or questions?
1: Yes. What is the definition of when you say complete surrender, fully surrender? What is the definition of that? I when you are, I, sur- I, I thought I spent the whole class talking about that. No, it, when you say complete surrender by divine grace, so only after the divine grace you are completely surrendered. Uh, I, I, I didn't follow that. I don't know what your question is. Do you know what your question is? Yes, I, was, I don't understand your question. Make okay. your question clear. Okay, the question is: when you say you are completely surrender only after divine grace. Well, there is his divine grace.
0: And yesterday, were you here yesterday? No. Uh,
1: so a whole, a whole hour and a half was on that. So if you don't get divine grace, then you are he, not. There he is.
0: So if you haven't gotten them, get them. <laughs> and if you get them, then you get mercy. Then, you know. So when you recognize what it is that you're getting, then there's submission. So that's that faith precipitates submission. So look carefully at his divine grace. And, you know the the various features of what makes his divine grace. His divine grace. And when that's clear, submission is there. And that's the, that's full surrender.
1: So you're referring to the guru, not the... Uh, Can you speak a little louder? Spiritual guru.
0: I can't hear you.
1: No, I'm, I'm saying that divine grace, you're referring to the uh, spiritual master. Is that what Of it? course.
0: Yeah. But thank you. Your question has been answered? Okay. I didn't even know exactly what your question was, but... You I have... Mukunda? Hare,
2: Hare Krishna. Uh, um this was in connection to... Uh, I think you, you referenced Prabhupada's quote about becoming a blank slate. Yes. And so I just wrote my question down. But um, So one will inevitably have one or more shikshagurus before finding a dikshaguru. Like when they come in contact with devotees, they immediately are okay. having shikshagurus. Okay. And some shiksha guru may stand out more than others. Yes. So I I was thinking, like, it would probably be easier to become a blank slate if the diksha guru, if you find a diksha guru that has a similar mood to a shiksha guru. Or if he's the same person. Yes, yes. That makes it really easy. (laughs) So if that's not possible. So would you would you would you say it's more recommended to try to find guru that's specifically in line with the same mood as your guru that's already inspiring, or it's it's
0: <clears throat> that's one possibility. And you know, it's not a cookie cutter path, but that's a possibility. And you know, I could identify some other possibilities. But, you know, one of the messages of this um, time together is bhakti is very individual. And what you know, like that first evening, you know, the different sources. When Vamana Swami speaks on this topic, he's like really like strong and explicit. It's up to, you know, each individual moves inspired in different ways. And it's not like, not okay. It's okay. And so, you know, what you said is certainly one possibility, but there may be multiple other possibilities. I mean, you know, I may have, I'm, you know, Bhakti John, and I've read Prabhupada's books, and I really connect with Prabhupada and the mood in Prabhupada's books. So I'm, you know, because of that, I'm, you know, whoever's going to be the shiksha or diksha, that's a criterion that's like really important for me. And so on and so on. Maybe somebody hasn't so much read Prabhupada's books, but they got the association of so-and-so das. And through so-and-so Das they've come to know about Prabhupada's teachings and who Prabhupada is and they have strong faith in that person. And they may not be, you know, a Diksha Guru. They may not even want others to consider them as Shiksha Guru. But I have strong faith in that person. So that person's going to, you know, so it can be, there's so many different permutations and combinations. What's essential is we connect with the essence. That the essence is the essence. And so then there are etiquettes that we should become familiar with, or those that are guiding us, guide us accordingly. It's right in this essay, but it you know it's it's common and it's even recommended. That one who is the Shikshaguru becomes Diksha Guru. And it's common. And there's even another category that he speaks about. It's not a Shikshu guru, but gives instructions anyways. So it's another category. Not like exactly like a Bhakti Vriksha leader, it's something more, you know, more substantial. And such a person naturally I if Again, it's, it's, it's where faith goes. So fr- faith in that person. I, I'm going to be very concerned. Whoever I take as prominent shiksha and or diksha, it, there's there's harmony with that person because of the faith I have in that person. It's just natural. So it, it, it's it's not it's not as simple as you know. How it works the other way around, let's say, you know, I'm born and I have a mom and a dad. And i am growing up, my mother and father are everything for me. And everything is based upon mom and dad. Anyway, you know, know, people come into the home and the kid is hiding behind the legs of mom and dad because he's shy, he just takes shelter of mom and dad. But when he sees mother and father have affectionate relationship with this person that comes regularly to the home, they start behaving as comfortably with that person as with mother and father. And then the circle starts to expand. And so then the frame of reference may change even when... Mother and father may not be, you know, Krishna Bhaktas. And then they meet a Krishna Bhakta. So anyway, the, the, the um, there, there's a big spiritual family in short. And there's diversity within that big spiritual family. But principles are what unite that diversity. And we, and we need to be clear, become clear at least... Of what are those spiritual principles that we are in fidelity with? And then there's this nice diversity. And it's not, you know, let's say a flower vase. I've been using this example because Prabhupada used the example. Here's a flower vase. And in the flower vase, there's different kinds of flowers of different colors and different fragrances. And it's beautiful. It's not like that flower over there goes, you know, what's wrong with you? You're not the right color. You don't have the right fragrance. What's wrong with you? There's a whole bunch of us that have the right color the right fragrance. And so groupism. just, you know, the diversity is provided, you know, the the unity principle. And were you there for that discussion? Vaisheshika Prabhu? led on unity and diversity. Go back and listen to it. It was you know from Chicago. It was really good. Really good. The Pran was also involved with that. Very nice. that Get ready for a good question. Thank you much for your class. Uh, I have a question. What do you do if the uh, Siksha Guru and the Diksha Guru, they're two different people, what if they contradict in what they say? What if they do what? If they contradict in what they They say. They contradict. Well, we covered that yesterday. And the short answer that I gave was, there's the Supreme Court. You know what Supreme Court, what that means? There's like a lower court and a higher court. And then there's the Supreme Court. When the Supreme Court says, that's it, there's no like, court of appeal beyond the Supreme Court, that's it, final. So the etiquette, and I mentioned it yesterday, there's more detail here. The That person who I accept as Diksha Guru, that's the Supreme Court. So over here comes some instruction from someone. Something I read, something I heard, something... And it's like, you know, it, it, it seems to resonate. Now I have a response, it's this jewel. And I bring the jewel to the Diksha Guru and say, I'd like some clarification. Is this something that uh, I should be embracing? I'm feeling good about it, but I would like to I'd like this verification. And he give the verification and so then there's no disharmony. And if there's if the Diksha Guru says, Well, it's not a jewel. It's glass or plastic, or you know, not a jewel yet. It needs some something, and so that's it. I, did you hear the class last night? Listen to the recording of the class last night. There's more detail, and there's more detail in this. It's an etiquette issue, and and. Uh, um, our acharyas have instructed us in these matters. And uh, there's actually some hands, but R- Ravindra Saruprabhu Prabhu gave a very nice answer. You know, uh, um, what was the word he used? Transcendental something. What's the word? Transcendental disagreement. And then you just smile. <laughs> How do you go? Okay. Some hands up again.
3: Maharaj,
4: uh, in the slide where you showed the graphic by Bhadana Swami, yeah. there was uh, Shiksha Guru. And then it showed the knowledge about Krishna and sins being destroyed, and then realizations come. So is it a proper conclusion to come to realization that means sins are being destroyed, and we are uh, knowledge is crystallizing about...
0: That's very logical what you just said. You're just looking for confirmation of the logic? Yes. Yes. Right behind you?
1: krishna maharaj uh, thanks for the wonderful class my understanding is like uh, the faith is the key that starts everything like
0: uh, what starts everything faith faith, faith with the guru. yeah faith starts everything
1: so that's my understanding maharaj i have uh, uh, no doubt faith with, faith with krishna yeah and, and i have no faith with the scriptures it means like means i have faith the scriptures too um so, if I, due to my misconception or ignorance, uh, like if I ha- lack in faith with the Guru, how to overcome that Maharaj?
0: Go jump in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, go on hearing. Go on hearing. So, there's faith in Krishna. There's faith in scripture. Now I'm I'm hearing from Guru. So take that message that you hear from Guru and hold that message up to the light of Scripture. Is it transparent, opaque, or you know, something else? Now I may see it's not transparent but opaque. That doesn't mean stop listening. That, that, Further purification, I may have my filters on and I can't see the transparency so go on hearing now, the faculty of discrimination should be operative you don't like turn intelligence off but you, you discriminate according to the statements of scripture but bear in mind you know I'm a conditioned soul, I've got the modes of nature acting and and therefore even with scripture I see something different than what scripture is because of my conditioning. So I have to be very careful as I'm holding the teaching of Guru to the light of scripture. Not blind following or blind projection. I have to be very careful, careful. Praying for purification by that process. But the proper guidance from the proper person is really necessary even to make sure I got the transparency part correct. There must be without, so faith is at the beginning and faith is in the teachings, but there also the teacher that's representing the teachings, otherwise I don't need a teacher. I just need teachings. See you later. Off I go, down the road. Zoom, zoom. I need a teacher. I need someone that can guide me. And I'm searching for that because scripture says I need that. And so now, the process that I mentioned. Go on hearing. And let's say within ISKCON, we have our founder, Acharya. So that's another illumination. Point Here's the teacher and how transparent is it with our founder Acharya's teachings. I mean, exactly as I just did with our previous Acharyas and everything that you heard from the previous Acharyas has come from our founder Acharya. In a very simplified form in a very accessible form, easily digested form. So now, those that are representing him, similar standard. Does that help? Uh, so all. Well, and we're after 9.30, so just, this is our last question, sorry.
4: do you, uh, I'm trying to understand um, all my question is in regard of the prani, pranipad uh, principle okay. of full submission and um, you one of the things that you explain uh, was that one had to give up one's independence completely
0: Bhaktisiddhanta's Bhaktisiddhanta's message. yeah
4: and uh, I wanted to ask you from the perspective of the spiritual master, uh, guiding the disciple you know at times you don't necessarily uh, you there's allowance of certain independence
0: yes I've noticed
4: <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's, it's almost like, like I, I, I'm not sure if you know because the disciple may not be prepared for giving that part of independence so it's a gradual process that you've been talking about
0: so, really? I mean, I'm asking. <laughs> That's you know, not been my experience. <laughs> Disciple wants more, not less.
4: Well, you know, you 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 want to be you given, you know, your your independence. That's theory. That's
0: theory. And then the reality is something other than theory. Yes. Yes.
4: So. Um, However, the guidance that you that the, that the spiritual master gives, you know, takes into consideration that you know there's there's certain submission, but there's still you know.
0: Sure. The holding. It's, it's, so it's it's gradual. In other, in short, it's gradual. A qualified spiritual master does not impose something upon the disciple that they're not able to follow. The spiritual master will encourage, this is the art, encourage, you know, come forward toward Krishna this way, leave behind baggage that way, in, in doable steps, both. Largely, as Prabhupada did, on the strength of the, the, the relationship that Prabhupada had with those early disciples and then the love that those early disciples had for Prabhupada for people that had never met Prabhupada. But the love, the strength of the affection and love and full faith is contagious. The disease passed on very quickly. And then his books and, you know, the, and the process itself invokes faith and then according proportionate to faith and their submission. So one who has full faith, like they say very strong faith. they can be given you know instructions that are minus all those little considerations of independence. Just one last thing. This isn't what you asked, but I was thinking as you were asking your question. And I'm going to end. Independence is something that's of the soul. So what we're to give up is not our independence in in the soul platform sense. It's the false sense of independence of Krishna. But with the fullness of my capacity as tiny as it is, for independence. I submit the fullness of my capacity for independence upon Krishna. I'm fully dependent upon you. And spiritual master. That's perfect. But the other kind of independence, you know, it... it, It's a gradual process. I'll say the same thing in a different way. Sometimes disciples have said, Maharaj, you never chastise me. Is that because you think I can't take it? They said, yep. test you out. You know, you know, a couple months from now, I'll test you out and I'll chastise you and see what happens. Oh. <laughs> oh, please chastise me. Please chastise me. You get the idea. So that's like correction of the independence. False kind of mis- misapplied independence. We, you know, we're very... T- conditioned souls are very attached to that it's, it's the root of our being in the material world we're very attached to it it keeps us here so kindness is to cut it but cut it in such a way the person doesn't you know, leave the process of devotional service as a result and feel oh I've been wronged by my I'm misunderstood by my preceptor etc to be continued she the Prabhupada. key